We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Go to hole because be quiet. Hey, it's cool here if you don't know, and it is time for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in Halifax. How's everybody doing? It is Friday. It is time to kick back and relax, and there's a lot to go over right now, so uh, bear with me here. We might have to um, extend the title theme a little bit for this one. Uh, first off, CKDU is reopening uh, very slowly, but it is reopening, which means that uh, hopefully the next episode of Square Wave Symphony is going to be live. Can you believe it? Um, yeah, that's going to be kind of an interesting thing. Hopefully I remember how to do it live. I don't know, but um, it's not really that hard. So um, yeah, let's take uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, so the second thing is Low Bias Gaming is at a bit of a snag right now, which has kind of required Jason to create a new channel. And uh, because of that, there's not a whole lot going on on the Low Bias Gaming page. So what I've done instead is look at everyone's pages, as well as a couple of other people that I like, and we're going to go over what they've been doing lately. So Jason's mostly been re-uploading uh, things that uh, he's already done, as well as a disassembly video of a Seagate drive that has failed horribly on him. Uh, Jade has been playing Super Mario RPG on stream, as well as Apollo, Apollo Justice. Um, he's still working on Wet Dreams Dry, uh, Dry Twice in the Leisure Suit Larry series. Uh, possibly has finished that because now he's playing Leisure Suit Larry 2. Uh, Larry goes looking for love in several wrong places. Um, as well as Corpse Party. He's started that, uh, not for the faint of heart, let me tell you right now. Um, let's see, Scarlet has been playing uh, Darkest Dungeons as he is wont to do, so he's done a, a few more videos of that. Uh, Ragnats, out of nowhere, I didn't even know he was streaming, but he's already done three streams in the last few weeks. Uh, he has played the Super, uh, Super Metroid Link to the Past Randomizer. He's also challenged me at the same seed, and I don't know if I'm going to actually do it because I don't really like Super Metroid all that much, but uh, that's just me, so there that is, and there you go. Um, since I'm doing it this way, I'm also going to look at a couple of more channels since we're already over our regular um, intro time anyway. Uh, so the real Zero is uh, not actually a member of Low Bias Gaming, but he's a member of the Low Bias Gaming community. So I'm going to take a look at his stuff. He's been playing uh, Deja Vu 2 for the um, for the Game Boy Color. There we go. Uh, the entire Let's Play is available on his channel, The Real Zero, with the three instead of the E and Zero. Uh, as well as his Speed Ring series Amateur Hour with the latest uh, run being Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, live stream of Mega Man 8 has happened and he also does 30 minute games once weekly where he looks at various games for 30 minutes at a time. And also J-Pop for Life, his brother, 
um, is uh, also doing a speedrun series. He has done various different games already. The Seventh Saga, Mega Man 2, um, The Seventh Saga. <laughs> uh, also, Pinbot. Um, that's one that I definitely need to check out in Super Mario Bros. So, uh, a lot of cool stuff happening there. Uh, he's also doing The Real Febtober, which uh, he had started doing horror games back in October and then his internet gave out. So he's doing horror games now in what he's calling the real Febtober. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on in and around the low bias game community. Let's get to some music, shall we? You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Tommy Talrico, and it is the title theme of today's game from the archives. Jim is a normal earthworm, until a special super suit falls from the sky and allows him to operate much like a human, with his worm part acting as a head and the suit acting as the arms, body, and legs. Jim's task is twofold. He must evade the game's many antagonists, who are after him because they want the suit back, and also rescue and protect Princess... Uh, what's her name from? Uh, so this is Earthworm Jim. It's a platformer game for the Super Nintendo, developed by Shiny Entertainment, published by Playmates Interactive Entertainment, and released in, 19 in 1984. 
I don't think Earthworm Jim was a thing in 1984. 1994 is the number that I was looking for. This is a pretty weird um, platformer. Just a lot of bizarreness going on and some really difficult segments to it. Um, I, I have seen a few people play this game and have various amounts of fun because this game can, can be quite fun and amusing or it can be just very um, aggravating. So you gotta be the right kind of person to enjoy this game. But if you are, it's pretty groovy. Uh, I can't do it like Dan Castaneda does. Uh, anyway, Scarlet has played this game for the low bias monthly of July 2015. Surreal Games, yeah, that's, that fits the that fits the budget, all right. Uh, six episodes there on low bias gaming. If you want to check that out.
Curious Cloud by Googie, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in Halifax. You're home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is, of course, time for the news of the weird. Yes. And as always, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audiences, but they have been scanned for objectionable content. This segment is usually about 13 to 15 minutes long or so. Take that as you will. Our lead story for today, uh, Bright Idea. Parking spots are hard to come by in the snowy West Ridge neighborhood of Chicago, and resident Adam Selzer has become the talk of the town for the novel method he's been using to save a spot, freezing pairs of pants and standing them up on the street like traffic cones, WBBN TV reported. Soak pair put outside, in about 20 minutes you can form them to shape, and in another 20, they're solid, Selzer post, posted on Twitter. Uh, next, Selzer is planning to perfect a frozen shirt. We'll see if this works, he said. I, just, I mean, that's one way. I mean, that's possibly not the best way. Some people would not really think it's such a cool idea, but I would think it's a cool idea. It's downright freezing. New things to worry about. Uh, Bradford Gauthier of Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, Worcester, some might say, had a bit of a tr- had a bit of trouble swallowing when he woke up on February second. But he went about about his day after drinking some water. Later, I tried to drink a glass of water again and couldn't. Uh, he said, and that's when he realized one of the AirPods he sleeps with at night was missing and he felt a distinct blockage in the center of my chest, he said. KVEO reported that it didn't take doctors in the emergency room long to discover the AirPod lodged in Gautier's esophagus. Yeah, An emergency endoscopy removed it and Gautier went home feeling much better. That's why I don't like the idea of like airpods or anything like that i do like the idea of you know wireless uh headsets or earbuds i have a set of wireless earbuds um one of those one piece ones but i don't want something that can fit down my throat (laughs) and this is why under our next two stories uh the subtitle uh, over our next two stories, the subtitle, Whoops! Tessica Brown of New Orleans was out of a hairspray in January as she got ready to go out, so... Oh no, is this... Yeah, this is this story. Everyone's heard this story at this point. Um, she reached for the only spray she could find, Gorilla Glue, to shellac her hair into place. I figured I could just wash it out, she told WDSU-TV, but it didn't. Um, Brown and her mother tried olive oil and vegetable oil to no avail, and the local hospital could offer little help. She cut off her ponytail to reduce the weight, but the spray on her scalp continued to painfully tighten and harden. On February 10th, she posted to Instagram, 
she posted on Instagram she was scheduled to fly to Los Angeles to meet with plastic surgeon Michael Obeng to undergo a procedure that costs more than $12,000 for free. That's lucky. Um, yeah, that's, that could have gone a lot worse. Um, I'm glad that she was able to get that arranged. I'm not so happy about the fact that she had then decided to try to sue Gorilla Glue. That's not gonna work, lady. Um, our next oops story. Uh, neighbors in Fort Lauderdale, Florida called police on February 8th after witnessing an unidentified man apparently take a joyride on an, es on an excavator parked in the street, knocking it into power lines and making a getaway on a bicycle. WPLGTV reported that uh, the incident resulted in every sports fan's worst nightmare, a power outage just before the big game. Uh, about 30 to 40 minutes before the Super Bowl started, the power just went all the way out, said Bubba James. Nice name. Crews from the Florida Power and Light uh, attended to the problem and the power was back on by halftime. Which, from what I understand, wasn't that big of a deal. The game was pretty much already decided. Uh, I'm not super big on football, but from what I understand, this year's Super Bowl was largely uninteresting and very much decided early. Uh, anyway, our next story. Wait, what? Jane Louise Callahan, 49, of Wanaka, New Zealand, appeared before Judge Russell Walker in Queenstown District Court on February 2nd, her second appearance on a charge of assault, and the second time she refused to answer when called upon. That sounds like my name, Your Honor, but I want to see it in writing, she said. What? The, uh, the Otago Daily News reported Callahan, a local artist, denies being a person, saying, I'm a living being on the land. The, the judge told her you are a living being, which means you are a person, and entered a plea of not guilty on her behalf. Her trial is set for April 28th. You're not a person? I mean, being a living being on the land doesn't necessarily mean that you are a person. It can mean that you are a cat. It can mean that you are a wolf. You know, it can mean a lot of things. But considering that she was speaking the language of humans, or one of the many languages of humans, it's pretty clear that she was a person. She wants to see her name in writing? Write it down! Jane Louise Callahan. There, it's in writing. Come here. Oh my goodness, some people, man. Anyway, Keystone Car Chase. In the wee hours of January 26, police in Belle uh, Bellevue, Washington spotted a car running a red light, so they ran, hmm, excuse me, they ran the tag and discovered the car was reported stolen. Uh, the driver failed to yield when officers attempted a traffic stop, KOMOTV reported, but a mechanical problem prevented the vehicle from exceeding 25 miles an hour. The driver also observed all traffic laws as the pursuit continued for about a mile and a half until the vehicle burst into flames and became fully engulfed. 
The suspect male driver fled into a nearby nature park and escaped. A female passenger was detained by police and taken into custody. See, this is just making me think of Grand Theft Auto, where cars, once they become too damaged, they inevitably burst into flames. Um, not a happy thing for that to happen in real life, but it can, and it did. And that was a very low-stakes car chase. Sorry. Uh, that's just my opinion, anyway. Weird Antiquities. Bidding is underway in Boston-based RR Auction Special President's Day Online Sale of Presidential Artifacts, which includes Lock of George and Martha Washington's hair, John F. Ken Kennedy's Harvard cardigan sweat uh, sweater, and the pen Warren G. Harding used to officially end U.S. involvement in World War I, reported the Associated Press. The auction, which continues through February 18th, features about 300 items from, quote, America's esteemed commanders-in-chief, uh, said company spokesperson Mike Graff. Last year, the company sold a lock of Abraham Lincoln's hair wrapped in a bloodstained telegram about his 1865 assassination for $81,000. Has the veracity of these artifacts been verified? Because that seems like the sort of thing that could easily be faked, but that's just me. Um, this is the first I've heard of this anyway, so... Let me know over on uh, the Twitter machine, at SquareSim, is this real? Um, as far as we can tell. State of the Union. Instagrammer Matt Shirley of Los Angeles conducted an informal survey among his more than 300,000 followers, asking them which state they hate most. The Hasbury Park Press reported January 21st, and from the 2,500 responses, he determined that among the expected regional rivalries, New Jersey hates every other state, and Florida hates... Florida. Uh, the Sunshine State was the only one to choose itself as most hated, with four-fifths of respondents agreeing. I live in Florida, have my whole life, and would not hesitate to unironically put that as my answer, one survey participant wrote. At least they're aware of their faults. That's more than some people can say about themselves. Also, New Jersey's reaction just kind of reminds me of a quote from, um... Oh, goodness. Reminds me of a quote from The Simpsons, which I won't specifically state because I don't remember it completely. But it's something about Scots hating everyone, including Scots. Um, anyway. The Aristocrats. And not that Disney movie. Uh, rapper Lil Uzi Vert, whose real name is Simir Woods, revealed on Instagram in early February that he has had a $24 million 10-carat pink diamond implanted into his forehead, reported Rolling Stone. According to Simon Babaev, spokesman for the New York-based jeweler Eliante, uh, and Eliante and Company that implanted the stone, Uzi fell in love with the marquee-shaped diamond 
when he saw it in 2017, and he has been making payments on and he, as he determined what he wanted to do with it. We didn't think he was serious about it, said Babaev, but as it became clear that he was, we engineered a specific mounting that clips and locks in place. There is a whole mechanism involved. That's what you do with $24 million. Oh my goodness. These people doing all sorts of weird garbage with their money. Uh... This is making me think of the other side of the coin. Um, just like a half hour ago, I learned that uh, Tennessee wants to put up a statue of Dolly Parton. And she actually declined that statue. Basically saying that now is not the time, but um, maybe in a few, maybe several years down the road, or perhaps after I'm gone, if you still feel I deserve it, then I'm certain I will stand proud in our great state capital as a grateful Tennessee. Um, Dolly Parton is an example of a person who could be a billionaire, but she keeps doing good stuff with her money, and that's commendable. She knows what to do with $24 million. This person doesn't deserve $24 million. Cliché comes to life. A U.S. Coast Guard crew on routine patrol February 8th in the Bahamas spotted three people who had be uh, reportedly been stranded on uninhabited Ang uh, Anguilla Anguilla? Yes, Anguilla Cay for 33 days. ABC News reported the two men and a woman, all Cuban nationals, survived by eating rats, coconuts, and conch shells and suffered from dehydration because of the lack of fresh water on the island. A Coast Guard helicopter hoisted them off uh, the island and delivered them to the Lower Keys Medical Center in Key West, Florida, where uh, helicopter commander Mike Allert said they were in generally good condition. It is unclear how they ended up on the island. My guess is a three-hour tour. Three-hour tour of what? I don't know. But at least they're off, um, they're off that island after 33 days. Gillingham and them took them several years. And our final story for today, let's finish off with something that it's a little awesome. Andrea Bellatrix, Surrey, England, was looking for a way to have a little fun during COVID-19 lockdowns in April of last year and hit upon the idea of dressing up in a ball gown to take out the trash. Since then, Sky News reported she has dressed up each week as a famous personality or a fictional character, including so far Darth Vader, Marge Simpson, and Wilma Flintstone, even recruiting the family dog uh, to play Toto to her Dorothy. Everything is a little bit miserable at the moment, Belcher said, so it's nice to have a little bit of silliness, a little bit of craziness, and to make people smile. That's right. Just because we're in the middle of uh, a pandemic doesn't mean that we still can't cosplay. Uh, just find, find the right occasion to do so, and um, who knows, you might just make someone's day. Okay? Yeah. Alright. Well, with that, let's get some more music, shall we? You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax.
Shufu Sakubaku no Utsuroi by Kabayama number two, uh, featuring Ai Kiritan, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And as you may or may not be able to tell from the music, I'm going to be doing a, ra- a rapid review rampage today. Um, if you have not uh, heard this segment before, basically I take a whole bunch of games, uh, pick them two at a time, and pick one of those to talk about for a minute. Um... So yeah, this time I'm going to be doing a rapid review rampage of DOS games. And in particular DOS games that I have on my little home compilation that uh, I don't really need to mention, but it exists. Um, But yeah, I have a uh, little compilation that I like to use if I happen to ever be on a DOS PC, which is basically never, but uh, full of nice useful things and also a lot of games because DOS gaming is pretty good sometimes. It's not always the best, but it's pretty good. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and pick the first two games that I I can pick from here and start the timer now. So the first game that I will talk about is One Must Fall 2097. Um, One Must Fall 2097 is uh, very much in the in the kind of style that you would see on uh, in like Mortal Kombat, except you instead of fighting people, uh, which was actually the original concept, you have giant fighting robots. Which you know, giant fighting robots. That's a cool thing, isn't it? Uh, you have pieces flying off of them all the time, and um, you have what effectively is fatalities. They don't call them that, obviously. Uh, it, it was really kind of cashing in on that sort of fad of extremely violent fighting games without actually being all bloody and stuff. It's a bit janky though, so do keep that in mind if ever you decide to play, but for the DOS era, it is actually pretty good. Um, there we go. Uh, Ancient Domains of Mystery. Now this is this is a game that you might think, well this isn't a DOS game. It actually did start uh, in the DOS ages, so I am counting it as a DOS game in this respect. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it is a roguelike, and it is a fairly massive roguelike that I have never won and probably never will. Well, at least not without cheating. But, um... Yeah, it's one of the earliest examples of a roguelike that had a uh, detailed overworld with all sorts of different venues. Uh, you have a corruption system, you have uh, all sorts of different dungeons. Um, it also borrows some elements from NetHack because you, know, you have alignment systems and all sorts of things. Oh my goodness, there's so much about Ancient Domains and Mystery, and it's, it's cool that it's still going and still has a DOS port, too. Uh, next game, Jazz Jackrabbit. Let's keep on with uh, with epic mega games, shall we? Uh, Jazz Jackrabbit is also kind of 
cashing in on fads, which I notice a lot in this era of, um, especially in this era of Epic Mega, uh, Epic Mega Games. Uh, although they do kind of cash in on fads a lot, don't they? Anyway, uh, Jazz Jackrabbit. Uh, it is a platformer where you play Green Jackrabbit named Jazz, who is uh, out to um, defeat Devon Shell and rescue Princess. I forget her name. Uh, it's not Princess. What's her name? That's that's from Earthworm Jim from earlier in the episode. But um, yeah, it's. It's a pretty neat platform. It's very long if you actually get the full version of it. So, uh, and it's pretty tricky. So, do keep that in mind. But it's worth playing, I would say. Oh, there we go. Oh, geez. Uh, one of the games is Jazz Jackrabbit again. So, I'm going to talk about Swap. Uh, Swap is a puzzle game you've probably never heard of. Um, effectively, it is a game where you. Um, is a puzzle game where you have a board full of panels and you have to swap the panels in order to get multiple of them of the same color touching and which at which point they clear off. You have to clear enough panels in each level in order to get enough points in order to move on to the next level and the level system is weird because you don't go level one, level two, level three you kind of skip numbers and I'm I've I was never really sure of why you skip numbers or what causes you to skip those numbers but it's it's a pretty neat game uh, very simple I've spent a lot of time on it back in the day Zooks um, so yeah this is the predecessor to the game creation system Megazooks which is still in development as of this day, a few projects are still in development, I like that. But uh, Zooks, uh, you... Um, oh my goodness, Vince something. But uh, you, you play the role of Vince, who is um, entering the labyrinth of Zooks in order to uh, retrieve the silver staff of Zooks therein. Um, this is a really hard game, um, and the more recent Megazook Sport doesn't really make it any less hard. But um, it is available for free at this point, so you can just get it and you know try it. And if if ah, <laughs> running out of time. Uh, Commander Keen Invasion of the Vorticons. Uh, this is an interesting game. It is uh, one of the earlier... Um, I, I don't know that it has done a whole lot of platformer games. I think Commander Keen is one of the main ones. I can't really think of any others, honestly. But this is a, ga a game by id, which was published by Apogee, which, which was originally... The original engine for this was actually... Um, they actually tried to sell it to Nintendo as a way for them to port Mario onto PCs. Of course, they were never going to do that, so when they uh, when they were refused, they repurposed the engine and made Commander Keen. Um, pretty neat game, kind of hard. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> it's weird, anyway. 
Uh, Reaping the Dungeon. Uh, that is another um, roguelike, and it's kind of an interesting roguelike. It's one that I've spent a lot of time playing. Um, you have different weapons that you can use, you have different devices that help you out, and you don't so much have an experience system as you gather raw crystals from uh, enemies that you've defeated, as well as occasionally just off the floor, and you use those to raise your stats. And um, you can raise your, um, your, your, like, how much of the map that you can see at a time. You can raise your attack, your defense. Some things are not really worth raising considering that you raise them 1% at a time. But um, it's kind of an interesting take on it and I would recommend you try it out. If you can. Uh, Nyet 3. Nyet 3 is a Tetris clone. Um, and it's a very strange Tetris clone. Effectively, you're uh, faced with a variety of different tasks, and uh, for clearing each task, you get some money. You can use that money to buy lives or different upgrades. Uh, some of them are usable, some of them are permanent. And um, I've never finished this game, but uh, it gets pretty hard, even for a, uh, for a seasoned Tetris player you are going to find some challenge in Yet 3 because just the types of challenges that come up and just the ri ever-rising difficulty kind of makes it a nutso game to play and I think that some of the Tetris Grandmasters out there might enjoy that challenge. Jill of the Jungle. Uh, Jill of the Jungle is a very early <laughs> epic mega game. Um, it is the first game from Epic that was actually released under the Epic brand, uh, with the previous game ZZT being released under Potomac Computer Systems before they changed over to the Epic name. Uh, Jill of the Jungle, I feel, was very much an experiment. Um, they just had kind of figured out uh, how to make a three... how to make a three... how to make a platformer in VGA. Uh, with Sound Blaster support, they threw all sorts of sound effects in there. Very strange level design in some cases. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's kind of a surreal experience. And this is one that I've actually gotten to, to talk about on DOS Game Club. So check out that episode of DOS Game Club if you are so interested. Uh, Boppin. So Boppin is a game by Apogee. Um, where you play at, you're not the good guy in this game, but you're not the bad guy. You are a completely neutral party who is, uh, who has been tasked, who has been tasked with releasing all of the bad guys that have been trapped by the honey buns. Uh, you play as uh, one of the two brothers, Yeet or Boik. Um, the use of yeet there predating the use of yeet that we know now. Um, and you throw blocks at other blocks and if they end up in a certain pattern you release a bad guy. Um, and at the end of the level set you go and fight one of the honey buns. Um, and yeah, it's 
a very strange game anyway. Oh no, it's the cow. I guess I'm talking about Epic Pinball because I haven't talked about enough Epic games already and this will be the last one. Epic Pinball is a pinball game for DOS. I'm sure that you've gathered that already. But um, it is. there are 13 pinball tables in total um, and it's there's a wide variety of different tables. There's uh, the more classic Android table, there's more uh, futuristic Enigma table, and there's like the more backward uh, magic. Um, and this was actually developed uh, with some help from the from the Future Crew, who was a demo scene uh, group at the time. Uh, they had originally made a game called Silver Ball, but that kind of fizzled out and then they went on to make Epic Pinball, which was a lot more successful and a lot more fleshed out. And that takes us to the end of this um, rapid review rampage. So um, yeah, I, I do hope that you appreciate this look at old DOS games. And um, if you haven't played a DOS game in a while, Maybe it's time. There are several options on how to do that with uh, some of the better ones being download DOSBox. Um, it can be a bit daunting to set up, but it's a lot easier to set up DOSBox than to set up a uh, virtual machine, let me tell you. Although virtual machines can be pretty fun to set up. I, I do sometimes play with them and uh, see how much I can stretch the uh, conventional memory of the very limited 640 kilobytes that um, most games will have to work with. Uh, I've gotten it as low as a usage, usage of 10 kilobytes for the base system, so um, and with things still mostly working, but maybe not so much Windows. Uh, anyway, I'm kind of rambling at this point. Let's get to some music, shall we? You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
Midnight Ultion by Vav, and here comes Natsume by Rodion Stark. You're listening to Score Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Well, that's going to about do it for today's episode. I want to thank y'all for listening. I do hope that you enjoyed this show. And if you did, please let me know at the places that I'm going to mention during my credits. Uh, I do like to receive feedback, so um, please do so. Um, Anyways, uh, yes, I'm going to be doing my best to do the next episode live, which is going to be next week. uh, If uh, Hopefully next week, if not the week after. And there is also going to be at least one live episode during the sustainer this coming up. CKU, please, you know, c- contribute to community radio. But anyways, that's going to be 
in uh, in a little bit. Uh, so uh, yeah, keep it keep an ear out for that. And in the meantime, let us get to the credits for today's episode. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Flapjaws podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, LowBiasGaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil's Indication, NewsOfTheWeird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Anemonimiki, Noriyuki Kemikora, Twilight of Defects, Zandax, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show, coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm, and press start to continue at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net, or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also leave feedback on ckdu.ca, click on Shows, find Square Wave Symphony, and click on Leave Feedback. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on globalbiasgaming.net slash squaresim, S-Y-M, or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or most of the podcatchers out there. And by the way, that lead feedback link is also available on globalbiasgaming.net slash squaresim. Uh, just saying. This has been the Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time. Oh, <laughs>